from our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome back to Startups of the Week, a Chronicle business podcast with me, Trisha Dadani. And me, Alex Wilhelm, Editor-in-Chief of Crunchbase News. So together, each week, we pick a group of startups that are trending on Crunchbase. We're looking for under-the-radar companies that have raised less than $50 million and are based here in the Bay Area. Today, we'll tell you about Swift, which wants to help brands through the retail apocalypse, HiQ Labs, which is in a legal fight with LinkedIn, and Alation Health, which makes electronic health records. Let's get into it. a general assignment business reporter here at the San Francisco Chronicle, joined with my trusty sidekick, Alex Wilhelm, um, editor-in-chief of Crunchbase News. Hello. Um, so we come at you every single week. Uh, we talk about three startups that are trending on Crunchbase. We tell you a little bit about why they matter um, and how they fit into the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, so this week, for our loyal viewers, we're doing things a bit differently because of the holiday. So we didn't publish anything yet. We're holding it for next week. You have to wait for you the actual wait. print edition next Monday. Yes. Yes. Um, but we're going to talk about them anyways as a little preview. So before we begin, do you want to just give um, the weekly uh, you know, explanation of how we, how we choose these? Start- I feel like I should hold like, a large note card of yeah. just, the, just the things. You can pause it and read it. But quickly, um, we look at companies that are based here in the Bay Area that have not raised more than $50 million, that have not raised money at all in the last month, that haven't been acquired and haven't gone public. So we're essentially looking at companies that are hopefully quickly growing mm-hmm. and that are smaller, and then we sort them all based on trend score, which is a fancy way for saying search volume. Yes. And so essentially we find the companies that fit that mix that are also driving the consumer attention right now. And mm-hmm. that's how we pick yeah. who to look at. So yeah. first we'll I'm so good at explaining that every single week. Well, we've done it <laughs> almost know. 20 times at this I'm point. I'm kind of proud of that little show is still on the air. <laughs> Anyways, uh, hey, who's up first? Um, so it's a company called Swift. Yes. Um, so you might have seen these things um, in malls or in airports. So they create these fancy vending machines that they sell things um, for brands like Best Buy. Yeah. Um, and Uniqlo, which is this clothing brand. Um, so they'll sell some is of... Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. It's not Uniqlo. Maybe. I don't know. Please write in to Trisha at sfchronicle.net. <laughs> um, so they, so someone like Best Buy, they can sell stuff like headphones or speakers in these vending machines, um, which is really cool um, because you know, as we all know, retail isn't doing brick and mortar retail isn't doing too well. Very poorly, actually. Very poorly. In, yes. It's actually the retail apocalypse has been kind of a recurring theme in the mm-hmm. business press for the last. 24 months? Right. Maybe even longer. Than yeah. That. And so something like Swift, where a company can can still sell their products and still have a brand recogni- recognition um, in a place, like a, a highly trafficked place, like a mall or an airport, I mean, that seems pretty beneficial for them. Yeah. Um, they can only sell select products, but um, yeah, so I pulled up a couple of fun factoids about the... Retail apocalypse. Let's do it. Um, so some fun facts. So no, there were nine retail bankruptcies in 2017. Mm. Um, and popular brands like JCPenney, Radio Shack, Macy's, Sears, um, they closed more than 100 stores over the last year, which is kind of mind-boggling. It's a lot of square footage that's been taken off the market in yeah. physical retail. Yeah. And and some of these places like Lord & Taylor, which I learned before the show that Alex had no idea <laughs> what Lord & Taylor was, which I thought was very weird. Um, but so Lord & Taylor um, and Ralph 
Lorraine, um, they announced that they're closing their big flagship stores in New York, which are almost like a, a landmark in the city. And they're really on, they're, they at least were on Fifth Avenue, yeah. which is the shopping mm-hmm. brand fashion mecca of America. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, on that point, so we wanted to look at the broader trend towards e-commerce as a portion of the retail market in the mm-hmm. United States. So let's play a game. <clears throat> what percent of American sales, like sales of stuff in America, is through e-commerce as of today? Oh, I know this because I just... Like 50%? Is it 20%? 1%? Like 20% is your guess? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> 9.1. Oh, that's it? Yeah, it's not much. It's growing oh. very quickly. It was uh, it was as low as like three point six back in the two thousand eight recession. So it's almost oh, I tripled there since was so then. Oh, so much more. Exactly. Interesting. So here's when it gets fun. If we're in the middle of the physical brick and mortar retail apocalypse, when e-commerce is nine point one percent of the market, yeah, what happens when you double that? Oh wow! And no one knows the answer to that question. So we all know Sears is having issues, and Macy's right. has been in better times, and apparently Lord and Taylor is a thing at all. <laughs> um, but when you double these other numbers, like the e-commerce percentage, yeah, they presume they'll get some portion of it. But, right. like, you know, Amazon at all are driving a lot of the growth here. So what do you do? And there's a big question mark written over that, and that's why these shares are having such a hard time with public markets. Yeah, right yeah, wow. And, and I doubt this is going to be the first startup that we talk about that's trying to kind of fill this gap in the retail apocalypse. I mean, I've so, seen the big Best Buy things in the airport. And yeah. I, Have you ever bought headphones from them? I'm going to eventually forget my headphones and use one of them. Yeah. And it's going to happen some point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so our next one is a company called HiQ Labs. Um, and so what they do is they analyze public LinkedIn data to help determine companies how likely a employee is to stay um, or, or a recent hire is to stay at the company. I couldn't reach them to, for comments, so I'm kind of confused on what exactly it does. But aside from that, aside from getting to the technicalities of what they do, sure. um, I think what's more interesting is they're trending because they're currently in a legal battle with LinkedIn. Um, over the use of its publicly available data. And LinkedIn is now a subsidiary of Microsoft. Yeah, so, now so they have a lot of money. They're picking a fight this. with Satya up there in Redmond, who controls more money than Haikyuu has. Yeah, well, how much do they have? They have... Um, Haikyuu has raised... Uh, $12.4 million, Exactly. Which is uh, not a lot. Microsoft made that amount of profit in the last minute since we started the show. <laughs> um, so, so why does this matter? I mean, this is just like the latest case of a big Silicon Valley company going... Oh, like after the little guy for something called data scraping. Correct? Data scraping is when you go to a yeah. publicly available site, like Crunchbase, for example. We have a lot of data that's available on the internet, mm-hmm. and if you're rude, you can create a, a system to essentially scrape that down for your own usages without giving the, my corporate overlords money. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of murky law about this. It, to my understanding, I'm not a lawyer. I don't speak for Crunchbase, etc. But in this case, Haiku wants to leverage LinkedIn's aggregation of our data that we've given it freely. And LinkedIn doesn't want them to do that. Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes, what's fair use versus what isn't? Right. And right. Haikyuu, to its credit, is arguing for a more open world. I think it's a broad way of putting that. Yeah. And I don't have a particular dog in the sex. I haven't paid enough attention. But it's going to be curious to see if this lawsuit sets precedent right. that uh, puts in terms in place between large and small uh, companies in the tech space mm-hmm. for the next 20 years. Yeah, definitely interested to see how this one plays out. And finally, um, and, and finally um, a company called Alation Health, who I also couldn't reach for, well, they declined to comment, and I don't know why, but that's besides the point. Um, so they create um, a cloud-based electronic health record system. Yes. Um, and um, as most of you probably know, I mean, a lot of doctors are still using pen and paper, um, these big filing cabinets to keep all these records, so they're simply just trying to streamline this process. But... It's fascinating to me that there hasn't been one company that has succeeded 
cut this yet. It, it's just so fractured. Like different yeah. hospitals that are even in close physical proximity will run entirely different medical record systems. Mm-hmm. And companies like Epic and so forth that work in this space are trying, I think, individually to harmonize this stuff. But if everyone tries to harmonize, you just end up with different competing standards. Mm-hmm. And also, given the public-private mix that have, of how American healthcare runs, it's just a huge tanglish ball. Right. So, Elation Health raised $15 million uh, last August, which is cool. It's, mm-hmm. that's a lot, it's a lot of money. It's $15 million. But they're walking into a space that's like, what, one-sixth of the U.S. economy? Yeah. And also has infinite regulations, competing incentives, and disastrously bad insurance rates. So, yeah. so. good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you pull it off, because we could all use the help, because I know how tricky this stuff is. But, like, I just feel like the medical world is a bit Gordian. So, yeah. you know, untie at your own risk. Yeah. Um, and, and so they're, they're trending this week, because there's a bill called the EHR Regulatory, Regulatory Relief Act... Um, was reintroduced um, into the Senate, um, and the point of this bill is to make it easier for hospitals to adopt these electronic health record systems. So I just feel like given anyways. all the stuff we talked about Russia and hacking and the NSA leaks, I'm just like, electronic medical records now sound slightly less mm. On that note, um, that's all we have for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, we will. Yep, yeah, and have a thank you. Have, uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Read more startups coverage at sfchronicle.com and crunchbase.news. I'm Trisha Thadani. And I'm Alex Wilhelm. And this is Startups of the Week. You've been listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our executive producer is Fernando Diaz. Our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. And our producers are Peter Hartlob, Brittany Schell, and Claire Varelos. The music you just heard is Botfest by Alex Vaughn. If you like what you heard, good news, there's more. Listen to Chronicle Podcasts and get bonus content at sfchronicle.com slash podcast or subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or other streaming services.